All right, good to have you here this morning, and if you would, take your Bibles, and let's turn to the New Testament, uh, 2 Timothy uh, chapter 2, 2 Timothy chapter 2. Uh, this morning, I want to bring a message on, again, endurance, or enduring, and I want to do this because sometimes I think, again, the Christian life is not recognized, really, for what it is. We're in a Christian battle. We're a Christian war. Christian warfare is part of the Christian life. And in battle and in war and in combat, you'll find this thing of endurance. And so I want us to talk to you about endurance here today as Paul writes about it here in 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 1 through verse number 5. The Bible says, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, The things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Therefore, thou therefore, sorry, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ to no man that warreth entangled himself in the affairs of this life that he may please him who has chosen him to be a soldier." If a man also strive for the uh, the mastery, yet he is not crowned, except he strive lawfully. This morning I want to talk about enduring for the Lord. And the Bible says here, in verse number three, it says, Thou therefore endure hardness. Let's go ahead and pray and we'll consider this thought. Father, we thank you, Lord, uh, for today. And we thank you again for the word of God and the things of God Thank you again for the opportunity we have, uh, if we are Christians, to be a soldier in your army. Again, a warrior, so to speak, and a person of faith at the same time. Again, as we look into the scriptures, I pray, Lord, that you'd help us to see a good soldier and, and what goes into a good soldier. Again, bless this time as we meet again today. And I pray the Lord would use this message to be a blessing to hear. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. As I think about soldiers, I've never been a soldier. I wouldn't want, honestly, in some ways to be a soldier. I wouldn't have wanted to endure the rigors of World War II for sure. Can you imagine going to Normandy Beach? Can you imagine going to different places? With the possibility of you dying or being wounded or maimed or hurt, or having even, in the sense, as far as a physical soldier, to kill somebody else. Endure hardness, the Bible says, as a good soldier. Again, it's hard for us to understand what soldiers go through unless maybe we hear from a soldier or we know a soldier. Again, I've again, known a few soldiers. I mean, we had one as a part of visiting our church for a few years here, a few years back, and we had a World War II soldier in our presence. Again, and many of us maybe don't even know this. It took him over a year after he came out of combat to just get his mind back into place. And it was his wife that helped him to mend his mind. And someone says, well, what did he go through? I never went and asked him a lot about his life as a soldier because I think it's very painful some of the things that soldiers have to endure. Again, I read a little article a few years back here about a World War II soldier from Fargo. And he talked about the things that he endured. He endured, first of all, disease, malaria in Italy. 
He was also wounded in France and was deeply hurt in Germany where his back was broken. Again, that's what soldiers endure. They endure difficulties. They endure very difficult things sometimes. Things sometimes, again, that they want want others to even endure. And so some fight for liberty and freedom. And the soldiers, again, some people that should be admired and looked up to. And certainly, again, people that have gone through some difficult things. Soldiers are uh, known to endure disease. Soldiers are known to deserve heartache. Soldiers are known to endure loneliness. Soldiers are known to endure time away from family and friends. Soldiers are known to endure deep heart and losses and disease and wounds and and sometimes even death in combat. Those are the things that physical soldiers endure and sometimes even spiritual soldiers will also endure. Again, as we think about endurance, there's a need for Believers to endure because the Bible commands and demands that we endure. It says there in verse number three, it says, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Again, it goes on and says in verse number four, it says, No man that warth entangles himself in the affairs of his life, that he may please him that has chosen him to be a soldier. And so the Bible mentions that we are to be soldiers. Soldiers of the Lord Jesus Christ. Good soldiers. Certainly not AWOL soldiers. Certainly not against soldiers that aren't able to endure. And someone says, how do we endure? Well, I think we go back to verse number one and see to some degree how we endure. It says, thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. It takes grace to endure. It takes strength to endure. The Bible mentions there in verse number two, it says, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. It takes strength also to endure. And so the Bible speaks of this thing of endurance. Again, the soldiers of the past have endured. Again, I wouldn't want to necessarily be a Vietnam vet because they endured when they came back ridicule from all kinds of people. Imagine coming back from a war, you fighting there in a battle for your country, for people to have liberty and freedom, fighting in a country uh, that, again, you couldn't figure out necessarily who was the enemy, who wasn't the enemy. It certainly would have took a lot to endure a battle in a war like Vietnam. And so as we talk about endurance here today, I want to mention here to begin with, if you turn over to Hebrews chapter 12, And we'll look at Hebrews 11 there, just backing up just a little bit. Uh, The Bible mentions endurance here. And part of the Christian life is endurance, and we'll define that here in just a moment. But I want you to notice here in Hebrews chapter 12, uh, verse number 1 through 4, that our Lord set an example of endurance. Hebrews 12, verse number 1, it says, Therefore, wherefore, seeing ye are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, Let us lay aside every weight and the sin that doth so easily beset us and let us run run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, 
and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. And ye have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. Again, Jesus set the example of endurance, enduring the cross, enduring the shame, enduring so many things during this life. And so he set an example of endurance. But you'll see also in this chapter, if you back up here in Hebrews chapter 11, verse number, actually the chapter before, they kind of go right into each other. Uh, chapter 11, verse number 35. There are some of our past, the old, again, the Old Testament saints certainly endured. And it mentions here in verse 35, women received their dead, sorry, women received their dead raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had cryal of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover of bonds and imprisonments. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, they were tempted, they were slain with the sword, they wandered about uh, in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and dens of canes, uh, caves of the earth, and these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. God, having provided some better things for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. And so we see here, again, some endurance. And it mentions there uh, some of the endurance some people, again, went through. Again, it mentions there, in verse number 35, torture. And it mentions trials of cruel mockings and of scourgings and times of imprisonment, of so being stoned, sawn asunder, tempted, wandering about in sheepskins and goatskins, as mentions them being destitute, afflicted, tormented. Thinking back on POWs, prisoners of war, and what some of those had endured during the times of Hitler and Mussolini and others. Again, long marches and walks and, and times of lack of food and provision. This is what a soldier is sometimes called to endure. And so today I'd like to look at some things that a good soldier endured. And I want to consider a good soldier of the past that endured. And his name is Moses. Moses endured much. Moses endured, again, much during the time that he lived as a person. He endured, again, at the beginning of his life, again, someone deciding and wanting to kill him and not allowing him to live. And so his parents, again, again protected him. And we find that uh, in verse number 23 of this same chapter. I believe it's verse 23. Yeah, it's verse 23. It says, By faith Moses, when he was born, he was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child. And they were not afraid of the king's commandment. By faith Moses, when he was come to year, refused to be called the sons of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather suffer affliction with the people of God than enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. You know, you think about verse number 25, and you think of, and again, I look at Moses being a soldier. He decided. He volunteered. He decided to be a person who would suffer affliction with the people of God, rather than just stick in a place of pleasure for a season. 
He could have took either way. He could have took combat and went to war, so to speak, or he could have stayed back and just enjoyed the life of a prince. But he chose to suffer. He chose to endure. I wonder how many people during World War I, World War II, Vietnam, etc., just decided, hey, you know what? I'm going to join. And then others were forced to join. Some joined again where they were not even of age to join because they wanted to be a soldier. And so we see again this example in the Bible of Moses deciding, I believe, to be a soldier. And it goes on there in verse number 26. It says, Steaming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for he had respect on the recompense of reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, but endured as seeing him who is invisible. Through faith he kept the Passover, the sprinkling of blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea, as on dry land, which the Egyptians essayed to do, were drowned. And so I want to consider here this morning some ways in which Moses endured. But before we do again, again, this is a longer introduction. Hopefully the message won't be as long, but sometimes long um, beginning, long ending. Who knows? We'll see exactly how this goes. But again, we find here the defining of endurance. And I just want to mention this when it comes to endurance. And again, I believe this is something that you should think about when it comes to endurance. Endurance is to hold up under pain, fatigue, uh, whatever it might be, to tolerate, to bear under. And again, so we think about endurance. Again, sometimes we talk about northerners are able to endure the cold. Or people in the South are in, able to endure the heat. No, I can endure the cold, but again, I, enduring the heat, I don't think I'd do well. I don't think I'd live in a place like Thailand very well. Imagine over 100 degrees and it's humid. I wouldn't do too well there. I mean, I'd do a lot of sweating. I'd probably be a lot you know, trimmer than I am right now. But uh, it'd be hard to endure in those situations. But think about the endurance of war and the endurance of soldiers. They have their dirt both cold and heat. Cold and heat. Trained in the cold, trained in the heat. Why? Because they may have to endure one or the other. They endured in difficulties. They endured in enduring, again, tasks. Again, they're put through basic training. Again, why is it called basic training? Because it's not on-the-job training. They're not going to be taking a gun and using it against an actual enemy. They may use it in a target. They may climb over obstacles that are similar to what they may go through in combat. And so they go through a process of being toughened up to some degree. But imagine going through malaria. What if that was part of basic training? You get to get malaria. You know, because you may experience malaria. Malaria is pretty tough to go through. And that World War II vet I talked about dealt with malaria in Italy. He was wounded in France. And so imagine being truly wounded. That's pretty tough too. And then having your back broken in Germany. Again, by that time, most people would say, let me out, let me go. You know, I don't want to be involved with this anymore. I never didn't plan on all this trouble and, and things that have gone on in my life. And so we see, again, that good soldiers are called to endure. 
Well, let's turn back to Genesis chapter 33 as we think of defining this again is hold under holding up under the rigors of something. And uh, as you think about holding up uh, under the rigors of something, again, each one of us will be called uh, at times to hold up under the rigors of something that's difficult to do. Maybe, again, it's a, a situation that's difficult for us to stay in, or it's a, diff- a place, again, that's difficult to deal with, or a person, maybe, again, that's difficult to deal with, or it's something that's hard for us to endure in general. Again, as you turn to Genesis chapter 33, verse number 12 through verse number 14, we see the first case of the word endurance used in the Bible. And it talks about the endurance of travel or the rigors of travel. And uh, mentions here in Genesis 33, verse number 12 through 14, it says, And he said, Let us take our journey and let us go, and uh, I will go before thee. And he said unto him, My Lord knoweth that the children are tender and the flocks of the herds with young are with me, and if, if a man should overdrive them one day, all the flocks will die. Let my Lord, I pray thee, pass over before thy servant, and I will lead on softly, according as the cattle that goeth before me, and the children be able to endure, until I come unto my Lord in Mount Seir. And so again, we talk here and we see here in the Bible the word endurance used. And it talks about, verse number 14, that uh, the children are able to endure. The children are able to endure. And certainly there are things that children are able to endure. And there are certainly things that adults are able to endure. And there certainly are levels of endurance. And there are certainly, again, again, different kinds of endurance one must endure. But again, when we think about endurance, endurance is about holding up or bearing under physical burdens or, again, mental burdens or emotional, whatever, spiritual burdens or whatever it might be. And so I want to consider here how Moses, a good soldier, endured. Let's turn back to Exodus chapter 5. You're close to that already. Uh, Just go forward here in the Bible, Exodus chapter 5. What is it that Moses had to endure? He decided to join he decided to be a Christian. He decided to be numbered with the people of God. And by doing so, he is choosing suffering rather than pleasure. Exodus chapter 5, verse number 1 through verse number 5. Let's go ahead and read through there. It says, And afterwards Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Let my people go that they may hold a feast unto me in the wilderness. And And Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? I know not the Lord, neither will I let them go. And they said, The Lord, the God of the Hebrews hath met with us. Let us go, we pray thee, three days into the desert and sacrifice unto the Lord our God, lest he fall upon us with pestilence or with sword. And the king of Egypt said unto them, Wherefore do you, Moses and Aaron, let the People from under their works get you to your burdens. And, uh, and Pharaoh said, Behold, the people of the land now are many, and you make them rest from their burdens. And so I want to consider, first of all, some things that Moses endured. We'll t- kind of take them again in again a historical kind of uh, biblical again timeline here in the Bible. But one of the things that Moses had to endure was the sneers of the world. The snares of the world. You know, he, he was told by God what to do, and the first thing he has happened in his life here, or one of the first things he has happened as a leader 
and leading and, and trying to be what he should be for God is he had to try to lead these people to a place of worship, which God wanted him to do. And again, as he tries to do this, what does he have? He has, again, the leader, Pharaoh, say, who is the Lord that I should obey his voice? Who's the Lord anyways? I don't care about the Lord. I don't know the Lord. I mean, you guys want to worship? I want you to get back to your burdens. Get back to work. Get to doing what's needful and right. You know, if you're going to do and be, again, a person of faith and a soldier in the army and a good soldier, you're going to see contempt. You're going to see sneers. You're going to see mockery come in the place of just being and trying to do the will of God. For he had no regard for Jehovah. He had no regard for God or God's will. And there will be truly, I believe, as we get closer to the end times, more and more sneers. More and more people, again, saying things like, why do you go to church at all? You know that Bible? There's, it's a bunch of fairy tales. I mean, there's just going to be just, it's going to be horrendous, you'll see, I think, as we get closer to the end. And again, as you think about, again, what you can find, again, sometimes in, in being a, a Christian soldier, you, you'll find the sneer of the world, the mockery of the world, the hate of the world against you for just seeking to do God's will. Let's turn, if you go forward, to Nehemiah chapter 4. You know, some... People will try to promise you, and again, these are fake and phony preachers. They'll promise you rosy bed and, and uh, happy times and full pockets, so to speak, if you become a Christian. What a lie. What a terrible lie, they, they tell you, as far as become a Christian. Your Joel Osteens will talk about, oh, this is going to be great. I mean, you'll have money. You'll have, again, fortune. It'll be like having a you know, rabbit's foot all the time, so to speak, and You'll never be sick. You'll never go through heartache. You'll never have a hard time with anything. It's a lie. It's like joining an army. A real army. Let's turn to Nehemiah chapter 4. You know, finding contempt or people scowling or sneering or whatever it might be, that's exactly, I mean, to a large degree, what Vietnam vets had when they came back to the States. People say, you know, you're doing this, doing that, the other things. Again, same thing again, even with the last longer war we had over there in Iraq, Afghanistan, etc. Again, people questioning the war, etc. But you see this also in the Bible with the Christian soldiers as they sought to do God's will. Nehemiah chapter 4 here. Uh, again, I mentioned turning to Nehemiah chapter 4 after the King's Chronicles. You have Ezra, Nehemiah, Nehemiah chapter 4, verse number 1 through 3. It says, but it came to pass that when Sanabel heard that we builded the wall, he was wroth and took great indignation and mocked the Jews. And he spake before his brethren and the army of Samaria, saying, what do these feeble Jews, will they fortify themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they make an end of day? Will they revive the stones out of the Keeps of the rubbish which are burned. Now Tobiah the Ammonite was with them, and he said unto him, Even if they go up and build, if a fox go up, they shall even break down their stone wall. And so we see, first of all, as far as what we see again, things that Moses endured and others have endured. Again, you're going to find this near the world. Again, the world may call you weak. 
What do you feeble Jews? Again, being again uh, uh, said to be weak, to be frail, to be fragile, to be soft, to be dumb, to be not smart, to be not, again, what you should be. Again, maybe me being uh, sometimes, uh, again, ridiculed as being a phony or fake or whatever it might be. What do you feeble Jews? And you see there in verse number four, it says, he was wroth and took great indignation and mocked the Jews. You'll see sometimes people mad at what you're seeking to do. Again, we're seeing that more and more. I mean, nobody talks so much about the churches that were burned in Canada over the last few years, have they? Have you heard about the churches burned in Canada? No. 20-some plus churches burned in Canada over the last few years. Don't hear about, again, persecution happening against the Jews in the United States, do you? No, not really. Not much. I mean, a few skirmishes at some temples, some shootings or whatever it might be. But you see more and more persecution, more hatred towards Christianity, more hatred towards the people of faith. Whether the faith is truly online and on track, or it has something at all to deal with God. We see, again, the contempt of the world. We see, again, the shame of the world. We see the sneer of the world, the scowl of the world. What do you, feeble Jews? If you do build something, it's going to just come down. It's going to fall apart. Foxes crawl up on your wall, it's going to just tumble over. Nehemiah was a good soldier, and so was Moses. And they both endured the sneer of the world, the hatred of the world. But as you turn forward here in Exodus, again, we're back, got to go back to Moses in, in the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 15. Again, what did uh, Moses have to endure? He had to endure, again, the sneer and contempt of the world. The, again, the Pharaoh said to him, you know, what are you doing here? Why are you doing this? Get back to what you're doing. The will of God has nothing to do with us or with you and all those kinds of things. Again, he was there again to challenge his, him there. But we also find here as he began to take his journey and began to do the will of God, he endured some more and some different things along the way. Let's pick up in Exodus chapter 15, verse number 22. Exodus 15, verse number 22, it says, So, so Moses brought Israel from uh, the Red Sea, and they went out in the wilderness of Shur, and they went out three days in the wilderness and found no water. And when they came to Marah, they could not drink the waters of Marah, for the water was bitter, therefore the name of it was Marah. And the people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And he cried on the Lord, and, he, and the Lord showed him a tree which he had cast into the waters, and the waters were made sweet. Therefore he made them a statue and an ordinance, and there he proved them. It goes on from there, but I just want to stop there. Uh, what did Moses endure? He chose to be a soldier. What did he have to do? He had to, again, face the sneers of the world, but also he faced, again, the subtle and sorrow complaint of the people of God that he was trying to lead. The people complained, the Bible says there. The people murmured. Verse 24, the people murmured against Moses saying, what shall we drink? 
Well, obviously, there wasn't much to drink, was there? Verse number 22, they would travel three days in the willows. They found no water. There wasn't much to drink. Didn't Moses know what was going to happen as they traveled to where God would have them to go? No, he didn't know. And Moses had no control over whether there was water in the wilderness. And then they discover water in the wilderness, and the Bible says it was bitter, so it wasn't good to drink. And so he, again, he was trying to do his best. He was trying to lead the people. He was trying to, again, do what God would have him to do. And what does he find? He finds the complaining of people about things that he can't control. He has no power over. He had no power of whether there was water. He had no power whether the water was good. And the Bible says, and the people murmured against Moses. Did, is this Moses' fault? No, it's not Moses' fault. Over and over again, you'll see this, though, in Moses' life. They, they whine, they bellyache, they, they, again, they, they, they murmur against Moses or Aaron or whoever it might be or against God. And, and again, they complain about the travels, the rigors of endurance that Again, they were called all to endure. And Moses, did, you don't see him as part of the gang enduring here and uh, complaining here. And uh, it says, and he cried on the Lord, verse number 25. And God gave him the ability to have some water and provision for him. And so again, I suppose for a moment, for a little time, they were happy. You read on, and I'm not going to read all this, but just reading verse number 27, it says, And they came to Elam, where there were twelve wells of water, and threescore ten palm trees, and they escaped there by the waters. Looks like they found a lot of water there in verse number 27. So they had water. And again, you find sometimes, again, as you again go through life as a Christian, or you go through life as a a soldier will find criticism, crazy criticism for things that you cannot control. And you see the complaint of friends, complaint of companions, the complaint of the people of God. All these people wanting basically the same thing. And you see them complain against Moses as far as water is concerned. And so they got their water. They got lots and lots of water. It seems like they... Again, certainly ran into a ton of water, 12 wells of water there, verse number 27. And then it says in verse number 16, and then they took their journey from Elam and all the congregation of the children of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, that, which is uh, between Elam and Sinai, the 15th day of the second month after they had departed out of the land of, of Egypt and the whole congregation, the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said to them, would to God we had died at the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, where we sat by the flesh plots, and, and when we had bread enough to the full, for uh, ye have brought us forth out of the wilderness to kill us, this whole assembly with hunger. And, and they, then said the Lord unto Moses, Behold, I'll rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather at a certain rate, that I may prove them whether they will walk in my law or no. And so we see again the soldiers, all the soldiers, in a sense. All those who had decided to follow God. I mean, Moses had decided to follow God. Others decided to follow him as he followed God. And so they go traveling. They get, go to the wilderness. They find some trouble there. They can't find water there. God provides them water. And now they're in a place, again, where they don't have much food. And so it's time to complain against 
someone else, and so they pick, pick two people to pl- complain against. So they murmur in verse number two against Moses and Aaron, and they talk about it would better to die than to go with him. And so we can see this complaining and this, again, murmuring that took place. Subtle, sour complaints aimed at Moses and now Aaron. And so God provides for them. And uh, they certainly should have learned that God could provide for them. And so God provides manna for them. And so they give us manna, and I'm not going to go into that, but again, I just want you to know he had to endure. Someone says, how did he endure? Well, let's turn back to Exodus chapter 33. Keep in mind Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 27. He endured as seeing him who is invisible. He endured as seeing him who is invisible. So he endured believing that God was present with them. That God would take care of them. That God had provision for them. Exodus 33 here, verse 14. The Bible says, And he said, My presence shall go with thee, and I'll give thee rest. Now again, this is a time later, but again, I believe it's still true even before this. It says, My presence shall go with thee, and I will give you rest. How did he endure? He believed that God would be present with him, and he would go with him. You know, we think about soldiers in combat. Many of them brought a Bible into war, a little New Testament stuck in their closet. What was that for? To someone, I believe, be a comfort to them. To help them to remember God is present with them. Exodus chapter 17, let's go uh, back here. Again, a third thing the soldiers must endure is the struggle of combat. The struggles of combat. And again, if you're going to be engaged as a soldier, you, you must be expecting combat. You probably want to be in combat to some degree because you're fighting for a cause that's right and that sort of thing. And so, again, in Exodus chapter 17, we find, again, Moses going to a place of combat. And again, I'm not going to read through the first few verses, but let's pick up in verse number 8, Exodus chapter 17. And uh, verse number 8, it says, uh, they, Then came Amalek and fought with Israel at Rephidim, and and Moses said to Joshua, Choose ye out men and go out, fight with them in Amalek, and tomorrow I'll stand at the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses had said and fought with Amalek. And Moses and Aaron her went up to the top of the hill. And it came to pass when Moses held up his hands that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his head, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy, and they took a stone and put it under and he sat there upon, and Aaron and, and Hur stayed upon his hands, one on the one side, the other on the other side, and his hands were steady on the going down of the sun. And Joshua discomforted Malak and his, and his people with the edge of the sword. And the Lord said to Moses, Write this for a memorial in the book, and rehearse it in the ears of Joshua, for I will utterly put out the remembrance of Malak from under heaven. And Moses built an altar and called it Jehovah Nishai. And he said, because the Lord has sworn and the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. And so we see a, a third thing I want to mention here. Again, that again, good soldiers will deal with, again, when it comes to their lives as soldiers. So they'll, they'll, again, have to endure the struggles of what I call combat fatigue. Combat fatigue. 
It mentions there Moses' hands were heavy, verse number 12. Moses' hands were tired. And so along comes Aaron here, and they hold up his hands. All these guys endured hardness, tiredness, fatigue. Battle is just that way. Soldiers get tired. Soldiers get weary. Again, we, the Bible encourages us to be, be not weary in well-doing. For due season we shall reap if we faint not. And so again, again, the Bible mentions often in different places, again, where the soldiers of God got weary. Eliezer says his hand was weary, yet he clave onto the sword. In 2 Samuel chapter 23, his hands were weary, yet he clave to the sword. Gideon and his army were faint yet pursuing in Judges chapter 8, verse number 4. Uh, certainly they were tired from the battle. Let's turn to Numbers chapter 12. But there's again one of these things, again, sometimes that's uh, one of the hardest things to deal with when it comes to, again, being in combat or being in a war or being, again, a place of battle. And that is shots of criticism that come from family or loved ones or from country. Again, we see here in Numbers chapter 12. Numbers chapter 12, again, we find here in the Bible that Moses, as a soldier who chose to be a soldier, he volunteered to be a soldier. He chose not to be a prince, but rather a soldier. He chose suffering rather than being someone, again, who went after pleasure. And uh, you see here in Numbers chapter 12, verse number 1 through verse 3, it says, And Mira and Aaron spake against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman who he had married, for he had married an Ethiopian woman. And they say, Hath the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Hath he not spoken also by us? And the Lord heard it. Now the man Moses was very meek above all the men that were upon the face of the earth. And the Lord spake suddenly unto Moses. And it goes on from there. But again, I'm not going to go through the story. Most of you would be familiar with it. But uh, we find here in the Bible... An older brother, an older sister in a place of criticizing Moses, the leader. Moses, in a sense, the commander-in-chief. Again, anybody in a place of leadership will find themselves criticized at times. That's part of being a leader. Shots of criticism. You know, things like, we're, we're, we're basically the same. Verse number two, it says, they said, had the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Had not he spoken also by us? We're about the same. There's nothing different. Again, he endured as a good soldier. He endured as a good commander. But he, again, had criticism come from his own family. Again, this is not the only good soldier of the Bible that found criticism from his family. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 10. But I just want to remind you of uh, young David found his oldest brother, Eliab, when he wanted to be in the battle, when he wanted to, again, destroy Goliath of Gath. You find him in a position where his oldest brother basically saying to him, you're just here because you just want to see. You're here because you want to, you know, kind of experience what we experience. But no, he was there that wanted to be a volunteer and he did end up volunteering, and he ended up going into the battle, and he did well because of his faith in the Lord. Matthew 10, verse number 35, verse number 36, mentioned this about the Christian's life. 
It says here in verse number 35, it says, For I have come to set a man at variance against his father, against the daughter, against her mother, and the daughter-in-law against the mother-in-law, and a man's foe shall be they of his own household. One should not be surprised if you find ridicule coming from your own household. It could come from your brothers or sisters. It could come from your mom and dad. It could come from your aunt and uncle. It could come from a cousin. It could come from, again, anyone who's related to you. And, and they may criticize you for your zeal for God. You're deciding to follow Jesus. Your sacrifices for God. Your desire to follow a God that you can't even see. And all these kind of things that ridicule you for exercising faith, showing faith in God rather than faith in the world. And Moses... He faced his two only siblings that spake against him. Again, they criticized him. And he didn't even want the job, if you think about it. Don't you remember that? Moses did not want the job. Let's turn to Numbers chapter 13. I want to mention one final thing that, again, Moses had to endure, and you might have to endure, again, as a soldier of Jesus Christ and Again, this falls under things that sometimes, again, will find us having to endure as a Christian soldier. And that's the you-can't-do-it type of crowd. You just can't do it type of crowd. There's going to be some people that say you just can't do whatever it might be. Let's turn to Numbers chapter 13. And they'll look and they'll see and they'll look around and they'll say, you know, just can't be done. It's impossible for us to overcome. And Moses had to endure this in ministry. And again, certainly, again, many have had to endure this in, in ministry, that there will be giants, again, that will be hard to overcome. And there will be forces that are going to be fearful to overcome. And there will be people that be stronger maybe than us, but they can be overcome. And so we find this in Numbers chapter 13, verse number 26. I like to read through a few verses here. As again, they come back with a report from the land and they're, about to go into the land. And so Moses just about got the place where their task is uh, at hand or it's very close to being at hand. And again, verse number 26, it says, and, and they went and came to Moses and Aaron to all the congregation of the children of Israel and unto the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh and brought back word unto them and all the congregation showed them the fruit of the land. And they told them and said, we came unto the land whither thou sendest it, and surely it floweth with milk and honey, and, and this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people will be strong and that dwell in the land. The cities are walled and great and very great, and moreover, they saw the, Anak, the children of Anak there, and the Malachites uh, dwelt in the land of the south, and the Hittites, and the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell in the sea. And by the coast of Jordan, so they had figured out who the enemies are. They had looked at the land and saw it very fruitful. And it says in verse number 30, it says, And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and, and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, We are not able to go against the people, for they're stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land, which thou searchest the children of Israel, saying, The land to which we had gone out to search, it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that be that we saw were men of great stature. And there were and they saw the giants 
the sons of Anak, which come again of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so were we in their sight. And so we find again one of the final things I want to discuss when it comes to the things that Moses had to endure. He had to endure the people that just really didn't want to endure. They didn't want to endure. Oh, they would have took the fruit, they would have took the milk, they would have took the honey, they would have took all the goods of the land, but they didn't want to endure having to fight for the land. They didn't want to endure to fight against people that were stronger than them, bigger than them, maybe in many ways able to destroy them, at least from the world's perspective. God's people as a whole rejected God's plan right here. And can you imagine again Moses at this time as he thought about all the things that he wanted to endure, how he was probably excited about Caleb saying, we can, we can do this. We can overcome them. We can destroy them because we have God on our side. Turn to Numbers chapter 14, verse number one and verse number two. But the whole of the people rejected God's plan. The whole of the people, uh, again, decided, you know, we don't want to do this because it's just too hard to do. Numbers 14, verse 1 and 2, it says, Then the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night, and all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron, and the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt, or that we had died in the wilderness? And therefore hath the Lord brought us into land to fall on the sword, and by our wives and our children should be a prey. We're not better that we return to Egypt. And they said one to another, let us make a captain, and let us return into Egypt. Let's get rid of this Moses. Let's go back. You know, sometimes you're going to be, again, encouraged maybe by some to go back. And there'll be some that say, let's just go back. It's just too hard, let's just go back. Times in your life, you're going to have to endure some that want to go back. You're going to have to endure uh, people that say you can't do it. The people are too strong. The, the obstacles are too great. The opposition is, is getting too big, whatever it might be. Let's turn, if you would, to the New Testament. Again, I'm just about done here. Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. Overcoming giants. Overcoming the opposition. These things, certainly, again, in our own strength and uh, of our own might or our own will are things that we probably can't overcome. Not by the flesh, but with the help and the power of God, we can overcome. Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, again, a much well-known verse says here, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. It may not be easy, but I can endure. And so if a World War II soldier can endure many difficult things, certainly a Christian can endure many things. Let's turn back to Hebrews chapter 11. You know, Moses is an example of a soldier. He was in combat. He was a commander. He is, again, again someone who faced oppositions. He found the, the sneer of the world that he had to face as he decided to be a soldier. He found, again, the sour contempt of close associates sometimes in being a soldier. He found the struggles of combat, again, that led to fatigue and tiredness as he was a soldier. And he found the shots of criticism that came from his family, yet he still chose to be a soldier. 
and they face the can't do it crowd that say you can't go into a place that God has chosen, but yet God had chosen him to be a soldier there. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 24, it says, by faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer the affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for had recompense, a respect unto the recompense of reward. And then notice verse 27, by faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, but he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Moses is an example of a good soldier who endured seeing God who is invisible. Let's close as we consider the word of God this morning.